Good morning and happy Thursday, everyone. Today is, what is today? September 7th, 2023. My name is Sean Tierney, and this is the Automation Morning Show where I cover what's new and happening in industrial automation. I'm just looking over to make sure everything is running correctly, trying to do the chat a different way too because of the issues with OBS. I don't know what's going on there. But in any case, I hope your day is off to a great start. It's Thursday, so one day closer to the weekend. And uh, with that, let's go ahead and uh, talk about what's new in industrial automation this morning. And I want to start by thanking the automation school that makes their sponsorship makes this uh, show possible. So um, if you know anybody who needs PLC, HMI, or SCADA training, please send them over to theautomationschool.com. And uh, our first story this morning, congratulations to Festo. They have a press release out that uh, they have uh, their new CPX-AP-A product line is out. This, uh, they say, gives them the widest range of products for distributed I.O. for both electrical and pneumon pneumatic. Pneumatic? Pneumatic. <laughs> and uh, with that, you can tell it's Monday, right? It's not Monday, it's Thursday. Um, in any case, very interesting uh, announcement. Um, I want to show you a picture of what it looks like. So I didn't find the picture here. And actually, when I was looking at this, I'm like, this looks like the CPX API that Festo came on our podcast all the way back in, um, actually, the Automation Demo, Episode 6 from 2021. And let me blow this up here for you. And, wow, it won't blow up for me. That's interesting. Well, hopefully you can see it. Let me see if I can do it this way. Oh, there it goes. So you can see it here, what it looks like. Okay, and this was originally labeled Tech Tips 2. Um, but in any case, so that's what that picture over there looked like. So I went over to their website and got a better look at the CPX AP-A line. So you can see it looks like a rack of on-machine distributed I.O. versus the standalone pieces, which was the I. So in any case, I'd love to get Sandro or Sandro or one of their uh, there are other folks on the show to talk about this new product line and what it can do. I know if we go back to the podcast, what we sh were shown in here is actually how to build the system and then integrate it right into Studio 5000, which I thought was pretty cool. So from there, we go over to another press release from Festo, and this is about their new multi-protocol line of servo drives, okay? So this is known as the CMMTMP, line of servo drives and these drives support ethernet ip ethercat profinet and modbus tcp all with a single connection okay so we're seeing this is a great trend in industry we've seen siemens has several products that do this we've seind even last week with uh metla toledo with the ind360 on the podcast they were showing us that they had capabilities to do this and uh, i just think it's a great trend in industry and um if you want to see what that looks like you can see a picture of it here. This is their Festo's new CMMTMP family of multi-protocol servo drives. Very, very cool. So from there, we go over to new information from Profi International. We get the latest Profi news, which covers the newest, latest and greatest IO-Link products. And um, there's four new products for September. The first one is... Uh, these units here, these are from Pizzato, and these are control units with I.O. links. So they, you know, if you're listening, they look like um, either uh, pilot light stacks or, or uh, push button and pilot light uh, boxes that have a quick disconnect on them. 
and these also have IO link. And now these not just give you the ability to have lights and buttons, but they also give you like condition monitoring information like temperature and other things. So very interesting product line from Pizzato. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, next, we have a new IOLink Master uh, for, from Emerson. We already covered this in a previous show. This is on their Eventix Series G3. So that picture should be familiar if you watch us uh, watch that previous episode. We also have uh, a new uh, IOLink products from IFM. And um, I didn't see this on their website, but the, these are their new OGD optical distance sensors which reliably measure distances up to two meters with an accuracy of one millimeter. And the final new product of September with IOLink is a welding force calibration transmitter from Kistler. So very interesting new products. I'm really glad that the guys over at PI do this because it's just a great way to keep in touch with. As a matter of fact, I wish the ODVA and other organizations would do this as well. This is just like a, a best practice sharing what's new on the platform. Uh, from there, we go over to our featured product of today. Today, we're featuring the S7 PLC course from theautomationschool.com. This course, as you can see from, let me go back full screen here. You can see I get some of the S7s out. I also have to wire up the ones on the walls. I think I just need to plug them in, but we'll be adding new lessons to this. And then once all the new lessons are added, the price will be going up to the full price of $199. Now you get lifetime access and support when you purchase this course. And as I said, if I ever do a level two course, um, you'll get that for free if you get in on this level one. So um, the way we do that is we just duplicate the course. We, we make a new level one course, and then this would become level one and two. So um, no plans. That's not scheduled. Probably something I would do um, late 2024 if I do it. But uh, right now we're working on the up, you know, updating this course, finishing it off, and then working on some of the Allen Barley courses before we head into HMI land. So from there, uh, we have another article from Profi News, and this is actually like an interview with an expert. And the title of the article is called Industrial Ethernet Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow. And um, this, in this interview, um, it, I thought it was a very good Q&A. Um, the one thing I do want to mention is because this is ProfiNet International, um, you know, this is all from ProfiBus and ProfiNet perspective. So it's not like a generic you know, where did it, where was it industrial ethernet and where is it today? It's more focused on those two networks, but it still was very good. From there, we go over to Yaskawa. They have a new article, The Proven Power of Robotics and AI in Logistics. Now, um, I didn't see a lot of AI in this article, but I do think they made a great case for robotics. And I'm not going to read the whole article, but let's go through some of the high points. First of all, some of the places that they say the power robotics will uh, will help your company is in increased throughput capacity, streamlined production flow, product quality quality management, maximize company floor space, and workforce stability and safety. So those all make sense for anybody who knows anything about robotics. And in this picture, they're showing a robot doing some uh, package handling for FedEx. And uh, I read the article this morning. I thought it was pretty good. So if you're making a list of articles, maybe you're trying to bring it to management to get them to invest in some. This is definitely one to put in that list. From there, we go over the Grace Technologies. They yesterday released a new article on their continuous thermal monitoring products. So, you know, a lot of people will take out their flare or other type of uh, thermal imager, you know, either quarterly or yearly and look for, you know, places where, um, you know, that are too hot or to be safe. And um, what 
Grace has here is a product that will just monitor 24-7, right? Especially if you have a lot of things that are turning on or off or a lot of high loads, this could be a great solution for you. Now, um, we have talked to um, Grace, and we're hoping to get him on the, the show, the technology and product show, the automation podcast. But uh, this, of course, with this uh, article, you also get a new uh, episode of Bernie and Les, the cartoon um, or comic strip. And uh, I, I always like those. they very well done. So kudos to Grace. And uh, with that, we'll move on to our next article here. Now, this one is entitled, What's the Difference Between Pneumatic, Hydraulic, and electro Electrical Actuators? And this is from Electromate. And I thought this was pretty good. Now, a lot of you are very experienced folks out there. You know all this, right? But if you have any junior people on your staff or if you're just getting into actuators, this is a, a real handy guide, I think. And I think they did a good job listing not only, you know, the components that go into a complete system, but also the pros and cons. And kind of a cost comparison as well and best applications. So that is from Electromate. From there, we go over to... Uh, an article from Linmot, and what they're trying to tell you is their products will help you um, in four different ways. So they're specifically talking about their pick-and-place robots, okay, their um, pick-and-place uh, robotic arms. And you can see one here in this video if you're watching. And we've covered these pre in previous shows, but uh, let's just run through what they think the four advantages are. And number one, they think advantage one, systems increase accessibility. So Okay, number two, versatile, customized, uh, pick-and-place options. So they have lots of options, different models, different sizes. Number three, become more sustainable because these will cut up to or save you up to 95% in energy, depending on what you're replacing. And number four, total, lower total cost of ownership. So if you're replacing a legacy system that runs on you know, something that doesn't run on like electrical actuators, you know, if you're running pneumatic or hydraulic, they're saying this could be a huge saving. You probably would replace a pneumatic actuator with this, with this electrical uh, actuator-based pick-and-place. But uh, So that's what they're saying this morning over at Linmot. Uh, from there, we go over to Excita. They have a new blog about, um, you know, the forces influencing machine safety adoption. And so if you're interested in machine safety, I definitely recommend this article. There was no um, surprises for me in this article. It made a lot of sense. Um, it, they, they worked in a little discussion about what's going on in Europe as well, which I thought was very interesting. And um, again, if you're in the machine safety, this is one you'd probably want to read. Um, from there, we go over to upcoming events. And uh, the, go, the guys over at Horner Automation have two events coming up, one on September 12th, that's a Tuesday, at 2 p.m. Eastern. And this is how to integrate a Kubler I.O. link encoder into their control system. And then on September 19th at 2 p.m., they have a, a Q&A session, Application Solving with Andrew Jagger. So both look very interesting. And we also have an event coming up from Excita. Now, they do have their uh, Webathon coming up end of the month, but they've also found a way to fit in another webinar here before then. That's a 24-hour webinar at the end of the month. That is just amazing. But in any case, they have another one coming up on the 20th of September. This, you can actually, there's two of them. There's a 10 a.m. Eastern and a 4 p.m. Eastern. And these are one-hour webinars, and these are talking about failure modes and effects. So if that means something for you, and that also goes by FMEA, and they talk about FMEA RPN numbers, help or hurt. 
So if that means something to you, it doesn't really mean a lot to me. But um, if you're in that type of engineering where these, uh, these are concerns that you need to take a look at, then uh, this webinar is probably for you. And from there, uh, going to downloads, uh, the folks over at ESD are, uh, have released a new 30-day trial for their EtherCAT software. So it's full-blown. You can do whatever you need to develop your EtherCAT application. And um, after the 30 days, if you want to continue to use it, you can convert your entire demo into the full-blown EtherCAT workbench. You don't lose any of your work. So interesting. I don't know anybody who's actually actively uh, developing these types of applications, but I'm sure you're out there. So that's a nice, uh, nice thing to have as a 30-day trial. From there, we go to updates. Uh, we have a couple updates from Siemens. First, we have update three for Somatic Energy Manager version 7.4. So if you're using that, you probably want to check out the change log and release notes for that update. And then they also have uh, a new edition of SciMove Fleet Manager 3.1. So if you're running Fleet Manager, you probably want to check out the change log there. Uh, over on uh, the publication side, uh, Siemens has a new manual on their Cymatic RTLS system. We actually had them on, it was back on podcast 61, all the way back in 2020, um, as uh, COVID was a, a big topic of the day. And uh, they did a great presentation and, um, I don't know why it doesn't let me go, go full screen on that. But in any case, um, they actually were using this, typically it's used to locate Oops, there we go. It's playing. I didn't want it to play. Um, it's used to locate like where parts are or pellets are or AMRs are or fault trucks. I mean, you can use it for trucking. You can use it for anything. And um, very interesting stuff. But um, during COVID, they were also using it to track people to make sure they were staying six feet apart. Like if you stayed, stayed within six foot of somebody else for more than like five minutes, they would get an alarm. So interesting stuff. You know, just um, very interesting that to, to think back to where we were three years ago. But in any case, going on from there, um, we have a new uh, catalog from Schneider. They have a uh, catalog 18 on their contactors and IEC starters. We also have a new catalog from Schneider or a data sheet from Schneider, one on their PowerLogix ION 7400. These look really cool, by the way. Um, and the other one is on their PM8000 PowerLogix. And from there, they also have a couple of brochures on their NetBots. One's a rack monitor, the 750, and one's the room monitor, the 755. And with that, that's all the news I found this morning. If you think I missed something, then please use the news tip link on either the automationblog.com or automate.news to let me know. And I also want to say a thanks to our sponsor, theautomationschool.com. They make uh, producing this episode possible. So if you know anybody who needs SCADA, HMI, or PLC, training, please send them over to theautomationschool.com. Also want to invite you to join our community. You can follow completely free. It's automation.locals.com. We have, I just checked, there's over 1,200 of you up there now. So thank you all for following. I know uh, some of you actually choose to do the $2 a month buy me a coffee thing where you can ask questions, ask me anything you want. And uh, I find this is working a lot better than the old forums I used to have. So thank you everyone who joins up, even just to follow. I really appreciate you guys. Uh, also appreciate everybody who's uh, purchased a copy of my ebook this week. All that, all the profits from that go right back into the automation blog and the automation morning show that make them even better. And uh, the same is true with our merchandise over at theautomationblog.com forward slash shop. And uh, just a reminder, if this is your first time watching the show, welcome. Um, everything I cover today, after this live stream and after I edit and upload uh, the show to the various uh, podcasting platforms, 
I will be going up to automate.news and adding every single link in the order of which I covered them this morning. And uh, you can see all links from all, this will be episode 101, so you'll see all the links. Hey, I want to say thanks to uh, Mark for sh giving me a shout out and congratulating me on the 100th episode yesterday. Really appreciated that. Um, but in any case, uh, you'll find every link we ever covered in all 101 episodes <laughs> up there after, after I finish today. And um, yeah, so they go right to it. And I include, like yesterday, we had the code sys for Raspberry Pi. We had switching from Rockwell to code sys. We had... Groove Remote I.O. levels up with CodeSys, so a lot of things on CodeSys yesterday, and so on. I'm also starting to work on um, micro blogs. I don't know how if, if this is something I'll be able to pull off, pull off. but uh, if you click on full site, it takes you right over to the automationblog.com. And here you can see yesterday we had uh, released the uh, demo number 12. This is Softing came on the show to demo their OPC server. The cool thing about this is it runs for 72 hours, not two hours at a time. And that's big for anybody who's like my students, right? It may take two, more than two hours to do, a, to do an episode of the course. So, um, I'm sorry, a lesson in the course. So, um, I really like that about them. And from what uh, Quentin showed us, it's super easy to use. So, really like that. So, if you want to see a demo on that and learn all about Softing's Data Feed OPC Suite, check that out. But we also have some micro blogs here. So, this is something new I'm trying um, just to, to kind of share with the blog audience what I'm covering on the show with also uh, clips from what I'm calling news clips from the show as well. So in any case, with all that said, I want to thank you all for watching today's show, for you know sitting down with me and learning what's new in industrial automation. And uh, I want to wish you all a very happy, safe, and healthy day. And until next time, my friends, peace. <laughs>